This week on the Time Blaster Toycast, we asked and you answered, so now you ask and we answer. That's right, it's time for the fifth installment of the TBT Listener Q&A. So sit back and relax, because your questions will guide this week's entire conversation, and it starts right after this break. Welcome to the Toy Cast. Toy Cast. You are the super soakers for the Time Blast. Time Blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. Launch pad. It's the Time Blast. Time Blast. Of the Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the official Toycast YouTube channel at Time Blaster Toycast. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. The Time Blaster Toy Line is now open. Leave us your reviews, thoughts, or comments via voice message, or you can shoot us a text at 734-494-2292. The following podcast is scheduled for mystery with a 60-minute time limit. Introducing first, today's topic. Hailing from parts unknown with an unidentified thumb, his opponent is a collection of mind-bending questions asked by our fantastic listeners, presenting to you the dangerous tandem known as questions and answers. And now for your hosts, they're weighing in today with the stress of fatherhood and fanfare figures with actions. Inspired by Radio Shack, you've got questions, they've got answers today. And they are the reigning, defending Toycast Tag Team Champions of the World at the Retro KO Joe. At Time Blaster Toys, Keith, together known as the Time Blaster Toycast. All right, boys, here we go. Q&A number five. Number five. And it's been a while, the right? The Cinco. Yeah. The Cinco. The Cinco. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, right? I, I would have to go back months. April, I believe. Okay. Wow. Yeah, we. I mean, we asked and you guys answered. There are so many questions to get into. I'm super pumped, guys. Are you ready? We kind of went over the list a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we looked it over. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a lot of formalities to talk about. Um, thanks, for everyone, for checking out. Uh, last week's show. Uh, yeah, the spooky season concluded. All those yeah. spooky pods. We had lots of fun. No one's in costume anymore. It's just no. uh, just our normal selves. Yep, yep. We had um, we had some good trick-or-treating. You guys have some good trick-or-treating stories with your kids? My kids got so much candy, <clears throat> it's not even funny. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, it was wild this year because it was so cold. Yeah. It snowed. It, it did. did. Yeah, yep. it Flurried. snowed. And it was wild because just a few days prior to Halloween, you know, here in Michigan, it was like sixty degrees, or a couple days before we had, Halloween. I was wearing, I was wearing day. shorts. We yeah. had a record high, like three days before Halloween. It was seventy-eight right. degrees. Yeah, yeah. I'm record in high for that day, and, and then, then Halloween snow. day, forty <laughs> degrees. It's snow. always like that. So yeah, not many kids out. Yeah, but the kids that went out were re- rewarded handsomely. Yeah, I mean handfuls upon handfuls of candy. Yep. Yeah, I, I was, still have a lot of candy left from passing out. So. Mm-hmm. So I believe we have uh, like some trick or treat stories or, uh, that well, we have. In- yeah, we got some feedback, right? <laughs> On the Time Blaster toy line seven three four four nine four twenty two ninety two. Our buddy Mailman Andy always dropping us with little nuggets, little morsels yep. for first class mail. And you know, because last week we talked about Devil's Night. So yeah. Mailman Andy filled us in on what it's called out in his part in Uh-oh. his neck of the woods, right, New Jersey. It. So let me see if I can get this to play. You've got mail. Hey guys, Melman Andy here. Halloween is finally here. And let's just say, what time did you go trick-or-treating? 
Because for us, being in New Jersey, the sun would never go down early enough. So I don't think I really ever actually went retreating when it was dark out. Kind of annoying. I'd be done by 6 and the sun is still just hanging out, ready to party. Also, our night before was actually called Cabbage Night. I don't know where it came from. Man, going out every year with eggs. If you could get lucky and get some away from the parents. Such a blast. Well, th- thanks, guys. Happy Halloween. Cabbage night, right? It's it's Devil's Night here. It's Cabbage Night in New Jersey. Cabbage Night sounds more horrible. And that was wild, Melee and Andy saying like he never trick or treated in the darkness because the sun yeah. was still up. And on wild. the East Coast, the sun I feel like would set earlier than it would be here in like the upper Midwest. You but would think. Sun. Yeah. I don't know, Mailman Andy dropping those little morsel, uh, morsels yeah. of information. And hey, we no might have fall. We might have fall back different back then though too when we were kids the fallback might have been earlier but i don't even know if that even that doesn't even make sense either because it would get dark sooner right. who knows mailman andy we have many truck treating stories in the dark um and i believe mailman andy is one who sent us in a question if we want to just jump in there i think it's a perfect segue right yeah. we've got lots of questions from lots of listeners all over the country but let's start with mailman andy himself from new jersey and andy asks what's your favorite movie from when you were a child that's still your favorite to this day I thought of my answer immediately, guys. Yeah, I did same too. here. I mean, I'll, I'll lead off. Okay. Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's a good one. Loved it as a kid. Loved it as a teenager. Loved it as a young adult. Loved it as a 40-plus-year-old man. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Can watch it every week if I want to. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved it. What about you guys? I share the same sentiment, but for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original oh, 1990 so film, still the best turtle film to date. Now, yeah, you're not wrong. No, it it's absolutely like, is. It's untouchable. Yes, so good. always will be. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, even like as a, a even as a kid, as a kid, I loved the movie for uh, somehow, some way. I mean, my dad watched it. Old, older brother was into it. I'm probably like six years old. And I'm like, this movie's so funny. It's so crazy. I love it. And my my honorable mention though, uh, Dick Tracy. Um, okay, Dick Tracy still holds up. If I see it on TV, it's like, oh, I've. I've it's one of those, if I'm flipping through the channels and see Dick Tracy, I'm going to stop, I'm going to leave it on, mm-hmm, I'm going to yeah. watch it, enjoy it. Um, and, and, who, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit was another one that's kind of like that, where you just stop, like, I got to leave this on and watch it. I actually watched Dick Tracy like three days ago. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah, yeah me and Melanie, when we were here in the shop shipping on Tuesday, fired up old Dick Tracy. I haven't seen Dick Tracy it's in just a, a long time. When do we eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It's just a great movie. I guess her her sister Megan was telling her Melanie that the kid that's in Dick Tracy, yeah, he's in. When Hook. do we when do we eat? And he's in Hook, like a very you know he had a pretty can't hardly wait couple years. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. once he filmed like can't hardly wait. Mm-hmm. At that point, he got out of acting mm-hmm. entirely, and he just lives a normal. He's a lawyer. I believe. he just lives a normal that's suburban cool. life with a family. And I'm like, how would you not just go around to every person you meet and go like, I'm the kid right. from Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> It's me. I'm him. And I'm Jack from Hook. Jack he was in Hook. something else, too. What About Bob, I believe, too. He oh, was he in. was in What About Bob. That kid, yeah. had a, that kid had a run for a minute. He had a great yeah. run. And now he's just living that normal life. I believe he's so. a lawyer. I thought. I think I sort of read something about that recently. Yeah, who knows? I, I, didn't, cool. I didn't think we'd talk about him today, but here we are. Good on him. All right, Dave, you ready? You want to fire up a question? Um, Let's see. We were in New Jersey... Let's get one of these. Let's go to old Michigan here. Oh yeah, we got a lot of Michigan, a lot of, a lot of Michigan questions. Uh, here let's today. just let's just go with Adam here. Mm-hmm. What are your personal Grail pieces? One that you own and one that you don't. 
Okay, and actually, you know what, Dave? We got a question overnight that you're probably unaware of, and I'll I'll throw it in here because it's from Chad. Uh, he sent it via Instagram. Very similar type of question. It's what is your most sought after toy that you really want? Your holy grail. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and then Chad also asked, when will we do we be doing another Mo Two podcast? Yeah. And I know we've talked about the Mo Two part before, like the year by year. Yeah. We need to officially get it on the. It is coming on the schedule. It's yes. definitely tentatively somewhere. Yes, and we will do it pretty soon. Get it, in, yeah, twenty twenty four for sure. But yeah, so yeah, most sought after toy. Adam wants to know personal grails, one that you own, one that you don't. My answer kind of, it all just kind of blends into one. The one that I own is probably my WWF Hasbro's, right? One of the few toys from my adolescence that I didn't sell along the way. Yeah, never sold them once. Kept them all of them. So you know, if if I were to choose of what I own is most important to me, that's them. And then what I don't own are the two figures that I still need to get. <laughs> 40 years later, I need to get that one, two, three kid and that Yokozuna. I don't really care about Yokozuna. It's the one, two, three kid. That's the, the grail. grail. That's yeah. what I want. You know, one of these days, someone's going to walk through that front door with a box of toys and I'm going to open it and I'm going to dig in and I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to pull in it. And I'm going to go, Ravishing Rick Rude, and then I'm going to look at it, and it's going to be one, two, three, kid. <laughs> then I'm going to pass out on the floor. <laughs> what about um, you, Joe? Dave, what are you thinking? Yeah, so back in, God, what would it have been? Probably 91 or 92, mm -hmm. little Joey took a stack of comic books. And back then it was just called Comics Oasis, known as Big Ben's now. Oh, yeah. Took a stack of comic books in and traded them in. And got my very first vintage Star Wars Darth Vader figure. Ooh, and I still ooh, have that okay. figure in my display today. So that's my personal grail. That's awesome. Right. How, one, it, how complete is he? Pretty complete? He's missing the saber. Okay. Yeah. He, he had a fake one. I, I took it out and broke it and burned mm -hmm. it. Um, man, a grail that I want? There's a couple. One would be a mail-away Bret Hart mint baggie. Ooh, yeah, with um, that purple heart. Oh, my gosh, yes. And then probably, I mean, rocket-firing Boba Fett would be amazing to have if I had an extra 20 grand yeah. laying around, you know? Yeah, which, hey, maybe one day. I mean, maybe one maybe day. One the thing about those mailways, though, and those baggies, Yeah. for display purposes, you just set it on a thing with a baggie around it. It always just I would looks just put so... It, I'd put a little acrylic thing. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it ends that's up That's the only looking, way you can do it. Yeah, you stick them in a little... Yeah. He's double encased in plastic in that, in that regard. you got to protect the heart. got to. <laughs> I don't really own a grail. As, yeah. as the non-collector on the show, I don't really own a grail. I, mean, I have a few leftover toys from a kid. Got rid of most. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I buy things, nostalgia things here and there that I like or, or want to add to the little bit of collection I do have. But um, you know, I guess my grail that I I want is just if I ever stumble into a Bret Hart LJN. Yep. Um, One of these and then days. something I've mentioned many a many time is uh, a super checks. Yeah, give me that super awesome. checks bubble hockey table. That's the grail right there. Um, for me, I know they're not like they're not hard to chase and buy. They're just expensive. And one day, I hope to uh, devote. He Dave hopes to de devote an entire room in his house. Put the super checks right, right in, the, in middle, the middle, and then yeah. nothing else in there. That's it. That would That's be it. sick. <laughs> That'd yeah. be great. That would be awesome, actually. All right, yeah. So thanks, guys, for the questions. Uh, the grail questions. I got a, I got one, guys. This one is fun. This is from uh, Brad in Kentucky, right? Yep. Good old Brad in Kentucky, baby. He up, says, let's say you do a quantum leap into the life of an action figure. 
which is hilarious to think about. And yeah. I was very excited to answer this question. Which one would be the best and which one would be the worst? This was the toughest question for me. It was oh, such a mind bender. It was tough because it was so fun to think like. I had the bad one instantly. <clears throat> I had the bad one very quickly. Yeah. Let's do the bad one first. Okay. Well, you go well, first. Here was my problem with this question. Okay. I lo- Thank you, Brad from Kentucky. I appreciate it. <laughs> but this was, I love the question. I did. Mm-hmm. But it, it, my brain overthinks. I'm an overthinker. Mm-hmm. I went deep, too deep into the rabbit hole here. Oh man! And just didn't know. I was just. I got myself lost. I got myself confused. I didn't know what was happening. Um, I was like, "Is this Toy Story? Is this real life? Like, what are we oh, doing man. here?" Brad, you sent Dave into a tailspin. Yeah, yeah, I was quite flummoxed and uh, with this question, <laughs> and I had no idea. Uh, I have an answer, but I have no idea where it took me. But I'll let you guys go. <laughs> I am anxious to hear oh, this. I know, I can't All wait. right, we'll, we'll do uh, worst first. Yeah, let's do our worst. You want to go first, I'll Joe? Go first. I feel like I've been going first. My instantly, I don't know why, what, what this says about me, but I instantly thought of fearsome flush. <laughs> I would not want to be a toilet getting doo-dooed in. I mean, turning into a monster toilet, just not for me. That's a great answer. So fearsome flush was my worst. It, fearsome flush is a TBT BBT champion. He is, but I would not want to be. Him. No, yeah, being a literal toilet might be the you know what, right? Because uh, how long was he just a regular toilet before he became haunted? You know what I mean? He was just a regular toilet. And what happened? Yeah, to cause him exactly. to get haunted. Did he come from a public bathroom? What nefarious deed took place? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's a great one. My answer is a uh, 1990 Playmates toys Dick Tracy action figure line. Ooh, Dick Tracy getting a lot of yeah. it. Steve the Tramp. Okay. <laughs> right. okay. This action figure <clears throat> is notorious for just being the absolute worst. And I can very briefly just read a couple sentences off of his card back, and you'll know why. Right. I would not want to be this guy. First of all, his description is that he's an ignorant bum with cauliflower ears, <laughs> dirty and scarred from a life on the streets. You can smell him before you see him. Oh. So this guy's stinky. He lives in the sewers, right? Yeah. He's a boozed out boxer, big strong brute with who believes that kids without families are meant to be slaves. Oh, jeez. He has dozens of homeless children combing the city, bringing them food, money, and anything else they can get their hands on. He barely gives them enough to eat, and he treats them like dirt. This guy's the worst. He is the worst. I don't want to be a you know a boozed out boxer who that smells bad that has children combing the streets for me. Steve the Tramp sucks, and I would not want to be him. That's a good pick. My worst. I'll go with my worst and my best. Yeah. Um, you know, so I I had thought of like what toy when I was a kid mm-hmm. that like I remember seeing on shelves. And just was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I couldn't remember the name of it, so I had to do a little research here. But it was like, it was like Googling Iron Sheik looking toy that's not Iron Sheik. And then oh, I want searching. I have something in and my searching and searching. And I found it. Okay. It's the German mechanic from Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, three and three quarter boy. Like, I saw that yeah. thing so many times, and I'm like, this is the, it's just like a dad. Yeah, like a bald dad with a mustache, yep. mm-hmm. and he's just, he's just a German mechanic, and yeah. he's a, just this nefarious villain. Yeah, and I'm like, this has got to be the worst toy to be because I kind of ended up, like I said, in the conundrum of what is this question? If I'm quantum leaping, if I'm Scott Bale or Bakula, Bakula, I'm Scott Bakula, and I'm entering this guy. Which isn't there a new version of Quantum Leap with? Uh... There's something new. Anyway, I don't know anything about. Don't want it. to go into that rabbit hole. See, this is what my brain does, guys. Right. You can't do this to me. Um, I was like, this guy, no one bought this toy. No child was like, I want that. Oh, so there's for sure. M- probably thousands of these guys just stacked up 
in some dirty, dingy warehouse mm-hmm. under the remains of the Berlin Wall and the cellars, bomb shelters of Germany, because it's the only place that people might have had the slight amount of interest in this fool. They're like, our mechanic got an action figure. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely hit the clearance bin. Sucks. Same with Steve the Tramp. And These I don't guys suck be so bad, nobody wants them. Yeah. I don't want to be stuck in a package. No, looking like Iron Sheik about to mow his front lawn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Jeez, yeah. um, my best like, would be um, probably someone that I played with a lot or got played with a lot, mm-hmm. felt a lot of love, was acknowledged as a toy. I love that my Bret Hart Hasbro still serves a purpose and hangs out in my window, so I think it'd be pretty cool to be him. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be pretty cool to, to have a, someone wake up every day and be like, Hey, thanks Thanks for looking out for us last night. And, you know, that's it. Just having <laughs> yeah. little comments that do you. You're like, you know, I served yep. my purpose for this. Almost like a pet. You know, like a dog is very loyal. It, mm-hmm. it serves you. But this is Bret Hart Hasbro. Very loyal. He protects my house and has since I was 12 years old. And I acknowledge him every day. And mm-hmm. I think as a toy that got played with and you... You served your purpose completely by getting play with, and now you you have a role and a duty to fill, almost like a small soldier in a way. You've leveled up. Um, and then um, the two other thons I thought of, like who wouldn't want to be like a Michelangelo, old school, like original mm-hmm. pow- uh, Ninja Turtle, because everyone played with them. They were a lot of fun. And then uh, classic Godzilla toy, always in a toy bin somewhere getting played with. Probably hundreds of homes have had Godzillas along the way. And yeah, you definitely cool. went yeah. the Toy Story route. Yeah, like, you like, did. yeah. See, I, I went the route of, like, I am inhabiting the body and becoming the character. Yep. Uh, and with that line of thinking, my toy that I think would be the best is 1990 Kenner. Quick change Bruce Wayne. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what's up, right? Because, first of all, I'm Bruce Wayne yep. looking fly in that sweater, that turtleneck with That's the long nice sleeve. So I'm never going to get cold in that thing. Yep. And I'm a millionaire, so I can do whatever I want. Yeah. But when crime hits and I want to, you know... Have fun at night. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna snap on this armor <laughs> on my body with my giant ass little megaphone <laughs> walkie-talkie gimmick in my yeah. hand, and I'm Batman, baby. So I, mean, yeah. I can live I a it. I can live a civilian life, and I can also be a superhero at the same time. It's the best Quick of both change. Worlds. That's it, man. So I was thinking, what's cooler than having a giant ass sword, <laughs> a shield? And Ryan riding a giant green tiger. That's good. Wow. I'm He-Man, baby. <laughs> From Eternia. That's the best. I mean, yeah, why not, right? Jack, brother, no one messes with He-Man. Yeah, that's a great... The, I, I love questions like that. Um, and Brad actually asked two questions, and sometimes I will you know, limit someone to one question per yeah, pod. Yeah. But these two questions were so fun oh, and so my favorite. toy-centric. I'm like, we're asking them both. So let's go to Brad's second question real quick. Okay. Which four action figures would make up your personal Survivor Series team, and what would their name be? Again. So we know classic Survivor Series. you got a yeah. four-man team, yep. and they're going to have a name. The four-by-fours, you know, uh, Rowdy's Rowdy's, or Rowdy, Rowdy's Rowdy's. I like that. Man. I, I went with a theme here. <clears throat> okay. I went with the Rockabullies. Okay. And I went with Bluegrass from Silverhawks. House Bluegrass, Always. always. Cornelius the Samurai from Stone Protectors. Nice. Okay. Heavy Metal Wrath. Had to, had to get a little rhythm section for those two guitarists. He's got the bass and the, the side drumsticks. So let's not yeah. get that. And then um, I almost went with Punker Don, because of the, but I was like, I can't have a guitar in this band. Yeah. It's, they don't want no guitar. But we need a team captain. Who better to lead the Rockabullies than the Honky Tonk Man Hasbro with his there guitar as well? I'm like, if Honky doesn't get on this team, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> That yeah, four men with four guitars. 
I can picture the art standing in front of that brick wall. Yeah. That classic. That's great. Yeah, Bluegrass with his guitar. The Rock of Bullies going one on one against Joe's team. What oh, do we got, Joe? Boy. Oh, man. So I want the team as well. <laughs> okay. So look, we got these two brothers and they're coming out together, right? Mm-hmm. You got Muckman mm-hmm. coming out with Worm. Ooh. TMNT, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and waiting for them, they're tag partners. You have Toxie uh-huh. with his American flag, and you have Ooh. Swamp Thing. Oh, yes. Okay, you can see the theme here. I can see it. And I'm borrowing, once again, from TMNT, and our name is The Mutant Mayhem. That's okay. that's great. That's, that's, uh, good. that's That's a good team, guys. The Survivor Series, I could think of 30 teams. And I thought, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I literally lot. had a two that I couldn't decide upon, but the one idea, I couldn't think of a good fourth, so I'll save that for a future pod because I think we should do this kind of thing. At least once a year, we got to come up with yeah. a Survivor Series team. Yeah, I love it. Here's my team, guys. Ready? Yeah. I want to think about how I want to pitch this to you. These guys, they're coming down the aisle. Mm. They're not walking. Okay. They're riding down the aisle. Nice. Right? Okay. Think of like Eddie Guerrero lowrider style. All right. Peeking through the curtain, you see the front bumper of a beautiful red car. <laughs> I already know where this is going. <laughs> a beautiful red car comes through. This car you may realize, be a Corvette. <laughs> you realize, oh my gosh, it's the Karate Corvette. <laughs> and behind the wheel is Chuck Norris. <laughs> Okay. And sitting next to him, passenger side, is Mr. Miyagi. Oh, oh, boy. And in the back seat, Master Splinter, and right next to him, which is weird that these two guys would be on a team. Mr. Miyagi's mortal enemy, but this yeah. is these guys are fighting for a greater good. It's Sensei John Kreese. Wow. This is the Karate Masters coming to the ring in the Karate Corvette, and they're going to kick so much butt, they really it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> they might be able to kick a lot of butt. But when someone sneaks up behind them with a guitar in hand, <laughs> if they're it. within five Lights feet out. of the Karate Corvette, one I mean, one hit of a button will engage so many <laughs> this blades. You're losing limbs. <laughs> this is true. Very, very true. So yeah, yeah. lots of fun. A lot of fun questions. Hey, thanks, Brad. Those questions were great. Anytime we get to think about action figures in a real life setting, yeah. sign me up. All right, Dave, you want to ask one? Uh, sure. Let's go to uh, John from Michigan. Okay. Uh, what movie, TV series, or video game do you wish they made a toy line for that never got one from back in the day? I thought of an answer pretty quickly. Yeah, I had an answer for two of them real quickly and had to think about the other. Oh, you did one for each? I just came yeah. up with one answer. Well, you guys are show-offs. I couldn't come up with anything. Really? really? Everything I liked as a kid had toys. There oh, were a lot. Man. Yeah, that's true. Unless had I'm just some, blinking. Had some form of a toy yeah, in a way. Yeah. My answer, there was a product made for this property character persona but mm. it's not what i want my answer is a tbt bbt champion it's ernest p Worrell, baby okay. I mean, yeah. Ern- i want an earnest action figure picture like a kenner five points of articulation like the beetlejuice line yeah. give me like four ernest saw with like crazy actions like a fright feature action making a crazy yeah. face you got to create villains for him cuz there isn't really yeah, i mean unless you're doing like a scared stupid then you make the troll but just like one series of five yeah. inch tall Ernest Ashton figures. Picture like a, a I picture sh- like playmates making Ernest. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like how style. there's the big talking Ernest, but yeah. it's like how did Ernest not get a it's standard a action one. figure in the '80s or the '90s? It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's because there wasn't like a cartoon. I I suppose because most would have had a cartoon. All those yeah. things that you're like, you know, how they get a toy line. It's because there's like that little cartoon yeah. that kind of bridges the gap. But how did Ernest not get a cartoon? Yeah, it's crazy, true. right? That's a good one. So yeah, Ernest, I want an Ernest. 
I, I, I do too. Kenner, Playmates, somebody, make somebody. me an earnest. Do it now. That'd be great. Um, first, I went with movie. Big mm. Trouble in China, of course. I mean, like, wish there was toys for that. I think there's some popping out <coughs> there's now. There's some modern stuff. But, but nothing yeah, from back in the day yeah. when I was a kid. Um, video game. This was, I thought of a lot, but the one, the first one I thought of and the one that I was going with, Altered Beast. There were so many cool Ooh, characters. Power yeah. up. So many cool characters in Altered Beast. Um, I would have loved to have the, uh, the, the guys. I mean, they could have did so much with that toy line there. I don't know if the game was popular enough too, but video games when we were kids, they didn't get toys. Like now, like there's so many toys related to video games, but like even like Mario and Luigi, like they didn't have toys, like action figures. No. Um, so the video game, there was so many, um, and then TV series, I had to do some thinking here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I initially thought like pro stars, but I'm like, all oh, those guys, you know, starting lineup basically. Yeah. What do you do? And then I was like, you know what? Would have been a cool toy line. Would have been, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in yeah. the world is. <laughs> that would have been cool. There was like that a lot of like, there was, she had the cartoon, they had the TV, the, the game show type of TV mm-hmm. show. It could have been a couple different Carmen San Diego's, could have had the chief. Could have had like other because uh, there were so many other characters. Like I remember having a board game and there were so many other capers mm-hmm. uh, that were involved. Like could have totally did a toy line on that. Yeah, that oh, would I do be have cool. a movie. Okay, this is kind of. A I deep, knew if we talked long this, enough. This is kind of a deep cut. Adventures in Dinosaur City. <laughs> what? Okay, what in the hell <laughs> is that? <laughs> this is yeah. That's a deep cut. Is, right. I brought this VHS in. Remember, your kids watched it. Oh, <laughs> the, okay, Joe, you're the king. Like Look, your I'm mom was, your mom cuts. was showing you the most I, random movies. Purple no, People Eater, Adventures. I rented Dinosaur this City. movie from American Video. I picked this out myself, and I remember <laughs> this movie is perfect for a toy line. You have karate, like kung fu fighting dinosaurs as the heroes, right? Yeah, and these are actual, you know, live action people in suits. And you had a T Rex named Rex. He wore a leather jacket. Sunglasses. Sounds cool. He sounds, he sounds so cool. There was a Triceratops named Tops. I mean, the names aren't very original, but I mean, he was cool too. Give me Kung Fu Dinosaurs. <laughs> That's sweet. You yeah. How I did mean? How did those how not did, get made? How did that not get made? <laughs> <laughs> what a ripoff. I thought you were going to want a Purple People Eater actually. I mean, I'd take that too. You know, the funny thing about that is I totally yeah. forgot about purple label it and then i went back and kind of like watched the clips of it i have seen that movie when i was a kid. really Dude, okay. yeah. yeah and yeah but i just totally had forgotten i don't about think it. we talked about it um on the pod because at the time when you were ex- you know describing yeah. the plot you're like there's this kid and then i did look it up it's neil patrick harris it is. it's freaking it's doogie, doogie hauser yeah. like yeah. yeah they had a lot of i think and screeches in it a lot of names in it yeah i remember seeing i watched like the trailer for it and I was like, oh i did see this mm-hmm. as a kid yeah. i it's just Race one of those movies you forget about. That's all yeah, it is. very much so. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh, let's move over to Maryland. This is a question Maryland. from John from Maryland. He wants to know what's the rarest, most expensive toy that's come through the shop. And he says, also next Halloween, you guys should do a glow in the dark TBT BBT. We time. should. And I'm like, yeah, that's we should. Great idea. We totally could, and we will yep. absolutely do it. Uh, rarest, most expensive toy that's come through the shop is it's sitting us, over right? Joe's shoulder. Yeah, as far as like one complete toy. Uh, and I don't think I've talked about it on the pod. About a month ago, I met someone, <clears throat> a fellow small business owner. He's a, He owns a computer shop, not a toy guy. But he uh, ended up befriending someone who had a garage full of toys. And in this garage full of toys sat a 100% complete inbox Mint, 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 mint condition. Eternia playset. Crazy from Vintage Masters of the Universe, nineteen eighty-seven Mattel. 
you know, five thousand dollars, guys. That's what yeah. it. That's what a complete inbox mint Eternia goes for. It's unbelievable when we were putting it together, Joe, and looking at it. It's like it's never been played with. Yeah, nothing's broken on it. Eternia as a playset is easily over. Well, I guess I don't know for sure. Over fifty, probably closer to a hundred pieces, little yeah. itty bitty yep. pieces, and every single one of them is accounted for that's in that true. box. But yeah, I mean, as far as one thing goes, it's that. And the tracks, like those tabs on the tracks, are usually always broke. I know that was the one thing that was unfortunate about it, with it being a vintage set. Eternia has this big giant track, Dave, at the top that kind of replicates like a train monorail type of gimmick, and it's real thin plastic, and when it's all together, <clears throat> Eternia sits in the center. You're supposed to put Castle Skull at one end and Snake Mountain at the other end, and this track interconnects them all. So oh, you start cool. in Eternia, and this little cart can go around it, like kind of brings the whole world together. Yep. But, I mean, once it's assembled, we're talking seven, eight feet wide, yeah. all the space. But this track is uh, such thin, frail plastic that I can't assemble it. Yeah, I mean, I could assemble it, but then I could never take it apart. Right, yep. and I don't intend on keeping it, so I we couldn't set it up, which sucks because it would be awesome to set it up, take videos, yeah. play with it for a minute, take pictures of it. But I can't afford to do that because a couple of the track pieces were already together, like two pieces, and I just kind of looked, and I'm like just barely touching them. I'm oh. like, if I put any force on this thing, yeah, it done. would literally shatter into powder. So we need whoever wants it one day to come and buy it and assemble it here. And no, they're never taking it apart. <laughs> Put it together here so we can see it. Was the uh, was Eternia then more value than when you had the sealed Technodrome? It's it's a little more because the techno the sealed Technodrome, which we've made YouTube videos about and talked about on the pod, yeah. you can go and watch those. You can see uh, the point where it got purchased. Yeah, that sold for four grand, um, cash money in hand. So pretty similar in price because Eternia is probably like five grand. That's on the internet after shipping and fees. So if someone were to offer four grand cat, yeah. it'd be pretty close. But I think Eternia's edges it out a just little a, a little bit as far as, you know, one single item. Not right. often that like a $5,000 toy walks in the front no, door. No, not at all. But yeah, that's a, that was a good question. Uh, John in Maryland, we appreciate you. Let's go. You, re- you got one, Dave, or yeah, I, I was going to stay in the in the state so great. We've got two peninsulas. <clears throat> yeah, um, sure do. There we go. <laughs> Melanie from Michigan. She wanted to talk about bedding, guys. Mm-hmm. She used to have this badass set of sheets that had a control center for a spaceship or some otherworldly type of vehicle. She spent a lot of time going to bed imagining these controls, taking her on all sorts of adventures. Those sheets left a huge imprint on her, and she can't think back to being a kid without an image of them popping in her head. Betting is a big deal when you're a kid. So she remembers her sister fighting tooth and nail with her mom at a garage sale about selling her prize beauty and the beast comforter, and she still has never felt another fabric so soft. What a huge <laughs> loss. Anyways, what piece of betting, sheets, comforter, sleeping bag, pillowcase do you remember fondly from your childhood? Any cool stories tied with them? This is a great question because it is absolutely true. Everyone has some yes. attachment to betting. And it's funny because we got that question earlier this week. And then last night, right before I go to bed, um, our buddy Nate from across the lake in Wisconsin hits me up on Instagram with a question. Uh, and I guess I'll just I'll read this real quick and then we can tie both together. He just wrote, I just listened to the TBTBBT on Halloween treats. All hail the mighty Twix. And you guys mentioned using pillowcases for your candy haul. Did you guys have any cartoon slash toy themed bed sheets growing up? Yeah. I don't think I really had any as a kid, but I now collect vintage pillowcases whenever I can find them. 
So Nate and Melanie, same type of yeah, deal. Nate's talking about sheets. Melanie's talking about comforters, uh, sleeping bags, pillowcases. Anything jump to mind, guys? Oh, I've yeah. got literally oh, a list of like five things that I wanted to I have three. touch on. I've okay. got one Yeah, that I remember fondly and real connected to and had these sheets. Oh, I was a teenager still sleeping on these sheets, but it was uh, Masters of the Universe sheets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, you've talked about these before because they had the yeah. Shira element too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And it was just, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I had them forever. Um, slept on them a lot. And even those pillowcases took them out. I think I had two sets because I saw, I, I looked up the picture and I definitely, the pillowcase I always remember taking out, real easy to find. And then I did find the other one. Um, and it was like, you know, just a little bit different, and that was the one with Shira. But the the classic, if you just Google them, you'll find them real easy. That's the pillowcase I always remember taking out trip, trick or treating. Answer Nate's question, but yeah, so Masters Universe sheets had them forever. Um, there was like a like a space comforter mm-hmm. I did have. It was like some outer space, just a bunch of planets out of and stuff, and that was like the go to. That's cool. He Man sheets, pillowcases, and a outer space comforter. Yeah, Joe, what about you? That's cool though. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone's got something. Everyone's got some. My original were hand-me-downs from my brother, and these were the Star Wars sheets. Are they like the powder blue ones? They're the powder blue and white yeah, ones from like I can, 78 or 79. I can picture those things, yeah. I mean, these were super popular. There's, If I can find this picture, I'm going to send it to you for the post. And it's oh, me, please. It's me just conked out, like my head all the way back under these sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, those classic, uh, the brown brick TMNT sheets. <laughs> Everyone are, had these sheets, I had right? them. They're on my list. Yeah, yeah I mean, everyone. I have them. That pillowcase was my go-to Halloween pillowcase. And then shortly after that, we're talking 1993, I got the Jurassic Park comforter. It was all black, that classic Jurassic Park artwork. I don't mm-hmm. even know how to describe it, but it had the dinos on it, their names, caution, you know, biohazard. It was just an awesome blanket. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, outside, you're a kid, you're in an apartment store, yeah. you're at Kmart, Kmart's my go-to, but it could be Target or anywhere else. Outside of, like, the toys, where would you want to go next as a little kid? You'd probably want to go to that bedding aisle, because I mean, that's where all that, like, branded content was. Yeah. And back then, and I still think now, in a way, actually, it might still be the same, I guess I don't really know for sure, but there'd be, like you know the three or four hot properties and you could get everything right you're getting the fitted sheet you're getting the actual sheet over that you're getting the pillowcase you're getting the curtains like it all you're buying it all so your whole bedroom is turning into whatever that specific theme is uh mine was yes tmnt as a little kid at one point it all switched the wwf made somehow the wwf made the cut baby this is like 1990 1991 Macho King Randy Savage is on here. This is all hand-drawn, like comic book-style art of these guys. The Bushwhackers are on there. Hogan, Warrior, had those forever. And then after that, I remember getting uh, NBA NBA teams. It was like jerseys, NBA jerseys. Like, and they kind of it looked like they were all just kind of like thrown, you know, just a. And it was weird. I had the the NHL. And it was weird because. On your bed, it's like all these jerseys like layered on top of each other, and you'd throw your clothes on your bed, and it would like kind of morph into the. You'd be right. Like, where is my stuff at? Because right. it all kind of blends Got together. So, many so yeah, so many different <clears throat> sheet sets. Mm-hmm. But the one thing, as far as bedding, this isn't considered bedding, but it's something that I took to bed with me and I slept with my entire, you know, childhood is my Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. Absolutely. As a as a little boy, you know, a lot. 
a lot of people have a stuffed animal or a plush. It was wrestling buddies. My mm-hmm. bed had every it had eight wrestling buddies on it, you know, yeah. a, along the side. And my go-to guy to snuggle with that night was Million Dollar Man. Yeah. And along the way, they'd get ripped or I'd lose them. And I don't, I don't know what happened to most of my wrestling buddies. I know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, they just kind of vanished. I feel and, like but, my mom picked it up one day and was like, "Gross." Yeah, right. Like, it. where'd they go? Yeah. I don't remember personally selling them, but right. I had eight, and now I have one. I still have DiBiase chilling in the basement. The go-to, yep. the best uh, companion you could ask for, for in, sure. in, for, in pillow form. The Million Dollar Man himself. But yeah, ask thinking about this question and betting, it just makes me think of my son, Winnie. Mm-hmm. That kid spends 90% of his life with a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> he wears <laughs> that Michelangelo blanket. Yeah, he yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That'll, he'll get a new one, and he'll just... He doesn't need a jacket if he's just wearing a blanket. Right. That is also a, a hoodie. giant turtle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's go. Let's do this one real quick. Mike from Michigan. I'll, although this could be a quick question, or we could talk about it for twelve minutes. Who was your favorite big man wrestler from the eighties and nineties when you were a kid? Yeah. Um, I, I told Joe, I'm like, I have five, but then yeah, I, but then I, I, I thought there was about a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just kept going hard to go with just one. I mean, like, I narrowed it down to two. All right, okay. I went from five to two. I uh, I'm gonna go with. Two as well, okay. um, even though there's so many. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go with. I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow mm-hmm. was always was always there. I was actually gonna say three. Bam Bigelow always <laughs> up there. Um, loved him. And then uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Psycho Sid. Uh, he was okay. He was pretty sweet. He, he was just big, uh, big man, tall guy, a mm-hmm. little bit different approach. Um, and then uh, the Blue Meanie. Um, I was a huge, <laughs> huge Blue Meanie fan. Very entertaining. And um, I had like actually like a poster on my wall of the Blue Meanie that I had signed by him. It was him and Stevie at BWO. And I had a shirt made before Survivor Series 99 that said Meanie 316. Mm-hmm. That was my, and I put it on like a poster board. That was my sign. Survivor Series 99, though, we went to the JLA, Joe Louis Arena. Um, before the show, we got there super early and we were meeting all kinds of guys. And Blue Meanie and Al Snow pull up, and I was going nuts. I ran past the security guard, like, along the wall there. He came over, signed, talked to us for, like, 20 minutes. Super cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him that story as uh, as an adult when I worked a show with him, and he looked at me like I was absolutely crazy and insane, right. and he had no memory of it at all, which was kind of sad because I figured <laughs> not many people were doing that for the Blue Meanie, but he was still, right. he's still such one of the nicest people in the business. Loved, he remembered. He was just love Love the Blue Meanie, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> he was a huge remembered. fan, huge fan as a kid. Yeah, it was a work. That's funny. Yeah, um, I told Joe I thought of, like, five and and now my answer as an adult man is totally different because I'm yeah. like, dude, I love Earthquake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think about, I'm like, as a kid, I didn't love Earthquake. Yeah, no. Earthquake and Yoko, I love When you're like seven or eight years old, you're yeah. like, who's this big, overweight, bearded, balding guy that, you know, That's I was it. not crazy about Earthquake when I was eight. Now I love the guy. So, so I had to think more, okay, who are guys I actually did like when I was little? And I came up with two, Bam Bam Bigelow. Batman Bigelow's badass. Yeah, yeah, if you're is. seven or if you're 40, he's badass. He has flames yeah. on his head. He's wearing head-to-toe flames. Yes. He's doing cartwheels and moonsaults yes. and taking bumps and looking awesome. And then the other one is the Big Boss Man. I, I knew you were going there. That's why I <laughs> Big away. Boss Man that's is why the, I didn't pick him. <laughs> Big Boss Man is the best. Yep. You know, He's leaned he up along the way, but he was awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. Handcuff a jobber to the top rope. And beat him senseless with I that mean, nightstick. Yeah, that's while, not assault. That's while not assault. Slick is jive so bro in it in that's the corner. Justice. I'm cool with it. So yeah. yeah, 
I Bam really Bam and Boss Man for me. I mean, both of you guys, you both picked, uh, you know, I'm traveling out east, like both of you said. <laughs> Bam Bam. He, I mean, as an, a teenager to adult, he's the best, right? Yeah. Uh, super agile for a big man. Um, as a kid, The Undertaker. Yeah. I loved yeah. The Undertaker as a kid. Probably one of the best big man ever, right? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, th- I think we named them all, but they're oh, all great. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I had such a list that kept narrowing down. Um, funny, like Keith mentioned, because Kamala didn't get mentioned here, but I liked Kamala as a kid. I've talked about it before. Um, I like him even more as an adult, another one of those guys. But uh, mentioning Bam Bam Bigelow, my first memory of, of Bam Bam Bigelow and when I really liked him this was before I had his L Jam, but there was like a like a board game that had like a VHS yeah. tape. Yes. And that was my only I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's captivating on this like B- VHS like Oliver Humperdinck, like old MSG mic drop down announces and bam bam I'm like this guy looks so cool. Yeah. And he was by that time like I'd never seen him on TV. Right. But then I ended up getting his LJN and I was like, this is the coolest guy ever. Yeah, I, my first introduction would have been the NES game. He's in it. Yeah. He's yeah. like one of six dudes in it with the little flame icon, and he's doing cartwheels, that VHS tape, yeah. and then, yeah, just pictures of the figures in the magazine. And that was like Survivor Series 88. Is that when he came around? Was or Probably. Back or whatever. 87. Anyway, 87, 87, yeah, yeah. yeah. We could talk band. We, we, we by 88, he's gone. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do... This one could be quick. This is from Missy in Michigan. She wants to know, when would an all-girls toy episode drop? Look, I've been trying, Missy. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I, I pitched an idea a long time ago about us doing a turbo wheel of like yeah. all-girl toy lines. Yeah, I think it's probably about yeah, time. We just got to get it on the list. That's all. We've educated yeah. ourselves a lot in the past year, yeah. right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there was a time where I thought, oh, maybe I can't talk, you know. Right. Well enough about nine. We know our ponies now, but we, we yeah, I've, we've yeah. learned we've learned a lot. I've yep. learned a lot this past year. So. Yeah, I think a turbo would be a good way to do it for us and good for way to cover a bunch and for our yeah. listeners too. I mean, a lot of our listeners, like our, our demographic, is probably ninety eight percent male. It is. I think uh, it is. Actually. But, uh, <laughs> I think you're spot on. <laughs> so there's not very many ladies, but a lot of that ninety eight percent probably half maybe had sisters or yeah, yeah or friends sure. or something that had girl toys. So um, yeah, I think it's something that we could still. So yeah, too. we'll put it on the schedule. Right, we're making a lot of promises here today, guys. Right. We, need, yeah, we, we should gonna, make we should make a list of these. You're gonna, yeah. gonna want to make a note to yourself to listen to this back um, in 2024 <laughs> to make sure we get everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll do here. it. All right, boys. We've been in the Mitten State for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Love the Mitten State, but let's take it to the digital world. Okay, let's go to Instagram. We're Gorevoid. Asks us, what's the name of those motorized future vehicle toys that had little glow-in-the-dark power cells you plug into them to make them move that I can never remember the name of? (laughs) What a question. Yeah, when people ask questions on Instagram, I usually go to their profile and try to find their name so I can say, like, oh, this is from Steve and whatever. Gorevoid, I couldn't find your name or where you're from, brother. So it's just Gorevoid from Instagram. And... This question perplexed me because I had no idea what the hell he was talking about or she was talking about. But upon doing a little Google research, I figured it out, guys. So this is a line of toys that would have came out. I think I'm pretty certain it's 19. It's 1989. It's by a company called NASTA, N-A-S-T-A. That's the manufacturer of this toy. Never heard of NASTA. It's NASTA Reactor. So it's these crazy sleek aerodynamic 
designed vehicles. <clears throat> Let me just read the little blurb of what these are about, and you guys try to picture it. So on the back of the box, it says, we are on the Earth 200 years into the future. The Earth, as we know it, is no longer. Vehicles are powered by a new source of energy called hyperfusion power, which is contained in special power rods. Their vehicles are called reactors. Place the power rod inside the vehicles, and they're on the go, climbing hills, speeding along, picking up distressed vehicles, lighting the lighting the way, and much, much more. So, Is that their bioluminescence that's lighting the way? Yeah, look, they're kind of cool. So it's like a, this oh, weird cool. aerodynamic-looking vehicle. Then you stick that little power cell in it, yeah. and that's what forces it to go. I was seven years old in 1989. I was in a toy store almost weekly. I have no recollection no of these memory. things existing, but they look sweet. Yeah. But yeah, pretty rare. NASTA reactors, guys. Look them up. I uh, I learned something new. So thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you, Gore Void, for Gore educating Void. me this week. And much like John from Maryland looking for that glow in the dark tournament, I think we unlocked something here. Bioluminescence yeah. is, is the future of the podcast, I think, boys. Yeah. We got to figure out how to make ourselves glow in the dark. Oh, man. Oh, boy. We and could you imagine that. if we could put power cells into ourselves? Oh, that'd be crazy. That. <laughs> I need that every morning. At the end of a long weekend like the is. one I had, yeah, I might need a power cell to get out of bed. All right, I'm going to uh, let's keep us in the realm of Instagram because this is another question that we got on IG from Gregory. And this question cut deep. A deep one? Took me to a dark place I didn't want to go to. If the toy shop caught on fire and you could only escape with what you can carry in your hands, what are you grabbing? Gregory, what the hell's wrong with you? First of all, Gregory, come on, man. I don't want I don't want them negative thoughts in my yeah, mind. Can't put that out there. But we're all kidding aside. It is a I mean, it's not a question I want to think about, but I, I thought about it and it's a valid question. I have an answer. Um, and I guess I'll go first, but I would like to hear what everyone else thinks. Yeah. I grabbed a few things, right? Because it's in your hands, so it's not just one thing. If I'm smart about it, I can grab a few things. All the stuff that's super sentimental and important to me personally is at my house. So I don't really need, I just need practical things for myself. So first of all, I'm grabbing my laptop. I need it. My life's on this thing. Yes. I have to have my laptop. Throw my backpack, throw it on my back. I'm grabbing that Sony Sports Radio right there for Melanie. That Her cousin gave her that. It's very important to her. I got to make sure that comes out of here with me. And then the last thing I'm thinking is bang for the buck. And I have a couple totes behind the counter, little itty-bitty tiny totes that are full of nothing but G1 Transformer and vintage G.I. Joe parts, pieces, guns. This little itty-bitty container that I can hold in my two hands has thousands of dollars of value in it. So I'd just be grabbing as many of those little, give me G1 parts, give me my G.I. Joe parts. At least I'm walking out with like 5G worth of stuff in my hands with my laptop and my radio. So that was that's what I'm thinking. Since I'm the tall one, yeah, and I got the wingspan, uh huh, I gotta grab a turnia. Thank for you, you, Joe. I'm grabbing the turnia. <laughs> that thing I'm survived running, all these years on harm. Running out the door, <laughs> I might want to snag Pee Wee over there in the video section. Oh, if you could grab Pee Wee for me, snag I'd appreciate Pee-wee it off the ceiling because I think that has to go home with you too. Yeah, I would appreciate that. And Those honestly, this question made me think of Pee Wee because in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, at the, near the end of the movie, Pee Wee yeah. finds a pet store on fire. He does, and Pee Wee runs in there and he saves and he just goes in, in and out <laughs> and in my thought i was like i'll be like Wee and Wee's big adventure i'll just keep running in and out grabbing stuff <laughs> right. over and over and over all the contents of the shop put yeah. it safely in the parking lot but yeah if you could use your you know your tall ass your tall ass body happens. yeah i'm knocking on so much wood dave have you thought about it i'm dave's looking just, around dave's just looking I everywhere have look, <laughs> looking around um 
You know, I I I don't know what it would yeah. be like a spur of the moment thing. I mean, if you guys are grabbing the maybe the thing stuff, Dave could grab should be the cash register. It's, it's all about <laughs> it's all about like getting everybody to safety. It is, it, you know, the the sen- like I I unlike you guys don't have like any sentimental value to like the the toys in here mm-hmm. things like that. So it would definitely be whatever. I, honestly, in real world, I would be like Keith. What the hell do you want me to grab? Right. And then <laughs> whatever he tells it. me to grab, I'm gonna grab. Like, yeah. It, that's just kind of how it would go down. Yeah. Wild question to think it about, though. Yeah, thing- come on, Gregory. Let's, let's, let's get some positive things here. <laughs> right. Oh, be nice to Gregory. It's not bad. Hey, it's, hey I appreciate it, the question. Honestly, I, it made me think. You know, it, so, hey, when you're in school and you do those fire drills, it's to prepare you yeah, for moments right. of distress. And this right. question made me think, and it made me develop a strategy. So, so, thank you, Gregory. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. All right, we've got a few questions left, guys. A lot of Michigan questions. A lot Ooh. of them. So let's go back uh, to the mitten. let's go back to Michigan real quick. Uh, I like this question, and I'm not sure where it's going to end up, so I'm going to ask it. This is from Scott in Michigan. He asks, how do you think a toy line of serial characters would have done in the 80s and 90s, and why do you think Kellogg's or General Mills didn't connect with a toy company along the way? Dude, this question is legit. I thought it myself. When we were kids growing up, outside of like, uh, you know, cartoons and film and things of that video games of that sort, the next most popular characters that we were bombarded with are serial characters yeah, where absolutely. you would think, why wouldn't there have been toys of these guys? It's, it's crazy to think. I definitely think it would have worked. I don't know why it didn't work, but I would have bought action figures of pretty much everyone. Yeah. I believe there was like some, I mean, there was toys in serials. Yeah. yeah. And, but I mean, they weren't, but you would have thought like Kellogg. I was thinking about Kellogg after reading this question because I don't. I don't know if the Tricks Rabbit. I think they were somewhere else. But Kellogg had Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, you got yeah. Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Yep, three pack right there. Toucan Sam. Oh yeah, and then the the Frog from Honey Smacks were the f- first four. Like they're the first four characters you see when you look up Kellogg. Yeah, right. I don't know if that guy had a name. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did too. But I don't but know like, what it is. Then you, but then you look at the Tricks Rabbits out there. The uh, the honeycomb wild man like that would have been a hot sell. The That's general monsters, cash. the monsters themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, all those guys. Yes, There's such a Captain Crunch. I mean, he ain't, Captain... he ain't General Mills or no. PepsiCo. We found out. He, yeah, we we did look that up. He's what a, the freaking bee, the Cheerio bee. Yeah, the Cheerio oh, bee. Oh yeah, the yeah. Cheerio bee. Yeah. How about one of Dave's favorite, the Cookie Crisp yeah. guys? Heck yeah, little hound <laughs> <Yeah>. dogs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it feels like Playmates could have really did something there. Uh, they might have made them too ripped because of the 80s. Uh, jacked. Just a jacked, jacked trick. <laughs> Twix rabbit. Just but jacked. Like, just jacked. They are for But kids. I thought about it, and I was like, Kenner probably would have been the perfect company for them because they have more of that leaner look, and they can do yeah. different sizes. You just got to look at the time period, right? The 80s and 90s. I feel like they just would have been overshadowed by the giants that were out there. No, you're right. Turtles, G.I. Joe, He-Man. Like, would they have stood a chance? We'll never know. No, yeah, you're probably right. And then there's the whole legal end of it where people think of, like, breakfast cereals as, like, all tied together, but there are legalities. Like, some of these dudes are Kellogg's and some of these guys are General Mills, and then some of them are just this captain on a boat all by himself in outer space (laughs) making the crunchiest cereal ever. Did they ever even have, like, Happy Meal toys or anything? Did anybody ever partner up with them for that? You figure, like, even McDonald's could have put out a Tony no, Tiger toy. No, I can't. I don't, think so. I don't recall any sort of tie-in like that. Cereal was, like, its own category. Yeah. And there were premiums made. It's, like, the companies that made uh, premium toys for 
stuff like McDonald's and fast food, they'd also make that stuff that went in the cereal boxes, but they never like crossed over. I gotcha. So it was yeah, just I don't know. cereal it's box. Weird. You could get your Tony the Tiger in a cereal box is the only way you're getting them. Yeah. And he had no points of articulation or anything like that. No, it'd just be a solid piece of PVC. And then now, I mean, now there's stuff, you know what Except I mean? Like stuff. I had, I had, I got rid of them. Uh, Jada Toys made, Count Chocula and Frankenberry and uh, Boo Berry. Those figures, though, the ankles on those things. Oh, every time I'd go in my basement, yeah. they they fell over. I, I just gave up. I'm Horrible like, weak joints. I'm sorry. Can't have them. I wanted them my whole life. But. Yeah, I mean, the only way back then to get your Tony the Tiger was in plush form. Right. Yeah, there was lots plush. of plush. Yeah. That, was, that was about it. But, yeah, I do think it's a cool idea to think about. I know personally I would have loved to have it, but like Joe said, would if you're at Toys R Us and it's 1988, yeah. And there's G.I. Joes and Star Wars and wrestling and He-Man. Are you really, honestly, buying Snap, Crackle, or Pop? And how many pegs would they even get? Yeah. You know, they're not going to be allotted space, really. Yeah. Fun to think about, though, yeah. if, if if only. All right, J- uh, Dave, go uh, for it. What do you want to do next? Uh, let's stay away from toys for a minute here and come back to the mitten state. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan asks... Are you guys familiar with Cartoon Network's programming block, Cartoon Cartoon Friday? He says it was from 2000 to 2006. Those were some of the earliest memories of TV he had. So he wanted to see what we thought, and uh, it came out. If if he thinks the shows would hold up today. So I don't necessarily remember Cartoon Cartoon Friday Mm -hmm. um, from 2000 to 2006, but I think some of the programming crossed over there. Like I remember Cartoon Cartoon weekends on the Cartoon Network, and it was like Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Space Goes Coast to Coast, Johnny Bravo. I think like Ed, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, there was like all those, all those shows in there. And I was a little too, too old to be watching. But my younger brother, like, he liked them. Uh, my cousin was a huge. My younger cousin was a huge Dexter's Dexter Laboratory guy. The fact that he was Dexter for Halloween before was just a cool little costume. Um, but I remember watching the programming. When I would babysit my younger brother, like that was the perfect thing to put on. Mm-hmm. When I would be babysitting, and I was like, "All right, we'll just throw Cartoon Network on. We'll watch these shows and um, playing with Bone Crunchers and watching them." Like, parents gone. I'm a teenager. I'm a weird kid. The only time I'm going to play with my Bone Crunchers and not get judged is when it's just me and my younger brother. Right. Psycho Sid's going to powerbomb mankind so yes. many yeah. times, while, over and over, <laughs> while Johnny Bravo is doing his thing in the background. Yeah, you know, it was, and that's like my memories with him. So it's like a positive memory. I just having those on in the background, um, and I think that was like cartoon. I mean, it might have been Cartoon Cartoon Friday still with those those shows. And I mean, a lot of the shows you just mentioned are are from that block because yeah. I was not familiar with this at all. Sorry, Brendan, you're you're just a younger brother than us. He, is, yeah. he I mean, if this is his earliest memories of TV in 2000 to 2006, he's a good 20 years younger than us, really. Um, because at that point, I'm an adult man, a young man, right? Yeah. Not really watching. Uh, a lot of TV at that time, but looking at all the shows, a lot of what you said, Dave, is on there, and I'm thinking, okay, which of these shows have I seen along the way? And the only show on this whole block that I am like vaguely familiar with was Powerpuff Girls, and it wasn't, but it was years later. Having a daughter, uh, Josephine, she grows up when she was real young, maybe three, four years old. We would watch a lot of Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. And I loved watching that. I'm like, this show's cool. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's very dated because this is probably 2015, 16 that we're watching it. Yeah. And it came out 15 years prior, but I thought it held up. I'm like, this is awesome stuff. I remember 
going to Toys R Us and buying her Powerpuff Girl toys. Oh, after okay. watching the show, like there was still some stuff on the shelves. Like straight up action figures. Or? Yeah, they were kind of they they were different size ones, but the ones that I was buying, they were maybe three inches tall, okay. and they'd come in like packs of three. So okay. there'd be one of the girls and a villain, and but then there were taller ones where they'd have like uh, rooted hair and stuff. So oh. there was still products. Powerpuff Girls, I think, started at that point, but it was kind of always always present i'm sh- i feel like it kind of got relaunched every few years probably but yeah that stuff was in toys r us till the very end i remember samurai jack see i know I, these characters i don't know if that but was I, part of that or if that came later but i do remember samurai jack yeah i can picture him yeah i think with uh at that time that i remember drawing me in and i almost i feel like i had a wcw tie-in promotion because of turner owning both but uh it was space ghost because they, I believe there's, I could be totally off. This could be just something I've like Mandela affected myself. Where like Space Ghost interviewed like some wrestler or something because they were promoting Space Ghost Coast to Coast or Space Ghost was going to be on there and he had his like little talk show. And I was like, who the hell is Space Ghost? And then my mom knew who Space Ghost was because he was like a <laughs> character from the 60s. Oh, that, okay. Like a cartoon character, like Hanna Barbera yeah. from the 60s that like faded away, came back in the 80s, then came back in like. You know, for briefly in the eighties, then he was back in the nineties as like a talk show host and appealing to a whole new generation of kids. Appealing to I think adults too, yeah, right? There was like a, that sarcastic macho tone man to or it. somebody was yeah like promoted on there You're and probably like, what the hell? right. And I yeah. remember watching that show a couple times and I just never really got into it. But that's my memory of like Space Ghost. I don't Space know. Ghost wears like a hood over his head, right? Yeah, he's like yeah. a white yeah, like yeah. superhero looking guy. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Hope we did you okay, Brendan. Uh, let's get out of Michigan. Let's go to Alabama. This question, I don't want to end on this question because it's got a little bit of neg- negative vibes to it, but it's a good. It's going to be a good discussion point. This is from my buddy Matt in Alabama. He asks, what's the most overhyped popular modern toy line to you? His is Marvel Legends. For the price, I don't think they're that good as WWE Elites and Ultimates blow them out of the water. I agree with Matt. Yes. I thought long and hard. I didn't want to steal his answer, but I agree with him. I think it is Marvel Legends. Don't get me wrong. I like Marvel Legends. I collect the X-Men characters. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But what's happened with Marvel Legends in the last few years is the price just keeps going up and unwarranted, I think, right? I mean, they are $25 for a six-inch standard action figure. There's no like crazy innovation innovation there there's no crazy articulation this is just a standard action figure Mm -hmm. and for the last few years it's been in a plastic free package so you can't even see what you're getting so you're asking someone to spend 25 dollars on something they can't see but when you do open them compared to like a mattel elite or something similar which is usually five dollars less you're getting less you're paying more and a lot of these last few lines are just full of characters no one cares about you know, there's a discount retailer here and kind of everywhere. If you live near an Ollie's, you know what I'm talking about. Ollie's is, a, it's like the modern big lot, the retailer that comes in and buys up insane amounts of inventory from the manufacturer and sells it at a steep discount. Yeah. And you go in any Ollie's in 2023 and you are going to find hundreds, if not thousands of Marvel Legend action figures that did not sell. Target didn't buy them. Walmart didn't buy them. They couldn't move the inventory they had on shelves to buy, to reorder, and it's all at Ollie's for five bucks, six bucks. Characters that no one cares about. It's either at Ollie's or in Justin's storage. (laughs) (laughs) It's in Ollie's, and then it ends up in our buddy Justin's storage locker. I'm I'm with you. You look at Mattel and how they're able to charge what they charge 
which is great prices mm-hmm. for great quality products. And then you look at something like Star Wars Black Series. Yeah. I don't want to rant like heavily on this, but when that when that line first launched, it was considered like the definitive versions of these characters in mm-hmm. six inch form. Yeah. And they were great quality. They came with a bunch of extra stuff, extra heads, tons of accessories, and they were nineteen ninety nine. Right. And I understand like plastic the cost goes up. But now they're twenty seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. and they come with eighty percent less stuff. The paint is worse, the sculpts are worse, and it's like, how can you do this? Yeah, it's wild. At I know there's uh, Black Series figures, there's Marvel Legends too. Certain characters where they'll be considered deluxe, oh, and they'll be like yeah. thirty five dollars. Please, and it's the it's no different than a standard figure. It just no. happens to come in a box that's twice as wide. Bit, they spread out the pieces. Yeah, come on. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing that no. that allows this thing to be ten dollars more. Absolutely. The the box did not cost ten bucks. The extra no. two inches of cardboard. Cost pennies for you. It's wild. So yeah. Marvel Legends, you guys are this vent. This event fest. <laughs> I mean, my yeah. lord. Hey, mad ass for it. Mad ass, we answered. Okay. Yeah. I thought for me, I like. I think it's a, actually it's a, it's like a cool, appealing toy line because a lot of things that would should not never get toys will get like something made of them, and it's good for like collection. But it's just not for me, mm-hmm. and I think it's just way overhyped, and I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I understand why it exists. I just don't get it. And it's Funko Pops. Oh just, yeah, just I don't get Funko either. But I know I I I like that you can get like the Office characters or like they're never gonna get toys. But hey, you get Funko Pop and mm-hmm. people collect them and buy them and other TV shows like that. Yeah. And there's a whole niche market out there for them. It's a cool collectible, but I don't get it. Funko yeah, Pop's just gonna be the next Beanie Baby. That's all I know. It's, that's what it's I, gonna end up being. I don't want to be super negative and rag on somebody's passion. If you yeah. like Funko Pops, Absolutely. that's yeah. cool. I've never really understood the appeal. Not not a fan of them personally. I do I do think though what they what I always say is like they've made so many products that they will make characters that otherwise don't have a toy. Yes. Yes. I love the show community and mm-hmm. you can buy every cast member. I can buy a Troy and Abed you can. Funko Pop. You can. I can't buy a Jeff Winger action figure, but I can mm-hmm. buy a Funko Pop. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But as far as characters that have a legitimate action figure, like He-Man or yeah. anybody from any property ever, right. who would want a Spider-Man Funko Pop yeah, other a Spider-Man action figure? Yep. It's just wild to me. So, yeah, I get where you're coming from, Dave. All right, guys, we got two questions left. What do we want to end on? We got a fun one. We got one that's a little bit of a deep cut. What are we thinking? I think we end on the deep cut because we'll keep the tape machines rolling since we're at the time limit. Um, I think we've gone over. Well, it's Q&A, man. We always end up going a little yeah, over, we're guys. we got to deliver for the people. Yeah, there. this is the I mean, first time we actually got to all the questions, though. I made yeah. sure. I'm like, we're going to answer them all. So, uh, oh, boy, I just closed my questions out. I got it. Uh, this one's from Eric in Michigan. Thank then. you. This is a fun one. Says if all the toys in your personal collection came to life, who would win? Shredder and Darth Vader teaming up, or can Optimus Prime and He Man work together to save the day? What are we thinking? Who this was easy? Who'd come out? Who'd come out on top, Joe? I mean, look, you've been in my basement. I have many times. You've seen my shelves. Mm -hmm. There is one character figure who is there in more 
versions than anything else, and that's Brett the Hitman Hart. Yeah, baby. All these Bretts are going to team up together and just be putting everyone in sharpshooters. <laughs> no it. one stands a chance. Everyone's going to be tapping. He-Man, Skeletor, <laughs> the pirates from uh, Darkwater, they're all tapping out. So many Russian leg sweeps coming Dude, to those they're guys. Coming. It's over. I <laughs> love it. Um, I don't have that big of a personal collection. Um, I don't really know if I have a, a nefarious villain uh, in my collection. Maybe like Greg the Hammer Valentine or Macho Man LJN. I guess mm-hmm. would be the only like bad guys I have because I don't have much. But I was like, you know what? If Condor came to life and my Pat LaFontaine uh, starting lineup hopped on there, oh, that man. would be, yeah. <laughs> be quite the Dang. sight. What a Dave answer. Pat yeah, LaFontaine on the it. back of a con- of Condor. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, with that hockey stick, he could take out some he could take some legs out on those big LJNs and weave That's... in and out of their legs yeah. and trip them up and Maybe be, what about what your classified slaughter, man? All the Cobra clutches? Yeah, classified slaughter. Yeah. You know, he's got a little He'd have to cut himself out of the box, though. He would, yeah. yeah he, he would. would. Yeah, but that's about it. I don't have much. I mean, my Brett Hasbro, my Iron Galoob. I mean, it's just... Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot. But your, Brett, I thought, your Brett Hasbro I thought retired. of my... I was looking at my bookshelf, and I'm like, if all my LJNs came to life, and they mm-hmm. all were like trying to take over my house... Mm-hmm. But Pat LaFontaine's starting lineup hopped on the back of Condor that also came to life. He could weave in and out of their legs and trip them up and he take could. them down, and he yeah. could do some damage. I get that. I was I was thinking uh, at first. I'm thinking, okay, what's the one? What's the one toy that could reign supreme? Do I have like this big giant figure that could just smash yeah. everyone else? And I have some larger action figures, but nothing crazy. So then I started thinking, okay, what about a property itself? If like all the same similar type of dudes mm-hmm. band together and it came to me real quick because I got shelves upon shelves full of some jacked brothers with mouthfuls of teeth. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is my street sharks yeah. would just start chopping and eating and destroying everyone in my basement especially mecha shark that's it too that's what i thought because not only do i have a million street sharks i have all sorts of vehicles i got the rip rider motorcycle Mm -hmm. which is a motorcycle with ripster like he's like on it he's a part of it it's like all one and then yeah the mecha shark that i just got this giant robotic shark with just like 500 teeth in his mouth got the giant shark cruiser four by four vehicle which the vehicle itself is a giant shark's mouth Mm -hmm. just so much just chewing and chomping ripster and streaks and all the brothers they would just they would just annihilate them unfortunately wouldn't stand a chance all those mogwais would be the first to get eaten yeah Yeah. I'd save Gizmo. I'd grab him. I'd stick him in my pocket because I want him to be safe. But Street Sharks would reign supreme, I think. Maybe your Super 7 TMNT guys could uh, hold up a little bit of a fight. Yeah. They're kind of big. They are. And some of those are some big. Heavy brothers. They are. Some of them are big, man. That Muck Man. I think the Sharks would end up taking it. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just all those teeth, man. They'd be hard to beat. All right. I guess I'll take us to Kevin from Michigan. All right. This is the last question. Have we got here, guys? We did it. Wow. It's like a little two-parter, but but we could do. Do we want to do the two-parter? Yeah, let's do both. Whatever. Right. Yeah. We'll go with uh, we'll go with the the deeper one first, and we'll end on a little lighter note. Mm-hmm. So that's quick. As millennials, we were fed the same recommendation: go to college, work for a good company, and secure the bag. What made you guys choose the path less chosen? as opposed to punching a clock or filling out a time card. Keith, this is more on you, I think, than us. I mean, because I do work a career job. Mm -hmm. I I am, unfortunately, Kevin, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, in the same boat. But I I have a lot of hobbies uh, that I stay 
busy with yeah. and I'm passionate about and do them because they're fun and I get to be with my friends mm-hmm. um, more so than the financial gain. So it's that like that's the reward I get from it yeah. uh, of doing like podcasts and, and pro wrestling and even when I did the movie and just any other endeavor I do, like I just do it because I love it and it, it's fun and that's like my, my spare time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do go, I don't necessarily punch a clock, but I, I do have a, a, a career outside of the toy world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to go about answering this question. Um, I know f- I'll say this, like I went to college, right? You did. Like, I have a degree and what have yeah. you. And you like grow up and you're supposed to figure out what you're going to do with your life and what job you're going to have. And then you go to college, you're like, what are you going to school for? Oh yeah. And, uh, I know my entire life, I never knew what the hell I wanted to do. Yeah. When I was in high school, no clue. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Went to college. I got a scholarship to go to college. Thank God that my parents didn't have to pay money for me to go to college and not have a goddamn clue what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Um, got Got a degree in English of all things, English and media studies, just because it was the fastest way to get out of college and not have to spend money because it was a four year, uh, scholarship and then just bounced around just jobs doing whatever, not being passionate about any company I worked for or having any sort of like idea of what I wanted to do. And, you know, I've always loved toys, but I've always obviously loved pro wrestling too. backyard wrestled for years and years. Then I don't even know what year this would be. My wife, Melanie, convinces me, go to wrestling school. Do it. Go for it. Because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? She convinces me to do that. So then I do that, and I put all my energy and time into wrestling for years and years and years, running a wrestling company and trying to make the wrestling company a big thing. And that's hard to do, running a wrestling company and making that work as a company. But then you're also, you have your own interest, like you want to make your own wrestling career work and that's hard as hell because you're trying to do both and and that just burned me out like crazy man Mm -hmm. i probably put three years three four years of my life one thousand percent into wrestling and you know kind of successful in a way like clash wrestling still exists and people love it and it's crazy we had a show last night and when it was over like i went out to see everybody and i got stopped by like 10 people yeah. All talking to me about all sorts of stuff. This guy comes up to me and he's like, I used to come when I was a little kid. He's taller than me. And he's oh, like, when I, I was it, too. and he's yeah. talking to yeah. me about it. I'm like, geez, it's wild, man. Yeah. But it's been that long. Um, but there was no way to make like wrestling a career. Right. It just isn't. I mean, it just, I didn't, I wasn't willing to give up what you'd have to give up. Yes. Like you literally, I gave up as much as I could for as long as I could. And then I was done saying, like, I love wrestling. I want to wrestle in the ring when I can. But that that ain't paying anybody's bills. Right. Um, so I have jobs along the way, and then uh, our daughter Josephine's born, and it's like, oh, maybe I'll be a stay-at-home dad for a little while because my wife had a great job that paid all of our bills. And while I was doing that, I just kind of built up the business on the internet and realized, wow, toys is something that I love as much as I love wrestling, and this could actually probably pay the bills. And I just worked really hard for a really long time and built it up. So there was no like one moment that I thought I'm going to do this. It took a long time yeah. of, and it took a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. If my wife doesn't have an excellent job that allows me to be home, raise our daughter and also build a business that took me eight years of, you know, making a presence on the internet and 
finding people that can sell me stuff that's just a constant source. It's grown to that over time. So I don't know if that answered the question, but no, I think it, it did. I did it? Did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It just took a long time. And honestly, the root of it all is like, I just had no clue what the hell I wanted to do. And I'm just like, I don't know. I like being my own boss. I like playing by my own rules. Clearly, I graduated wrestling school and started a wrestling company the same day because yeah. I didn't yeah. want to just be a guy <laughs> right. being told what to do. I wanted right. to be the guy that had control. I like having control of situations. Because you're a creative guy. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But let's not forget that lady. Because remember when you first started selling, it was only wrestling. Yeah. That lady's like, I got he man. <laughs> that lady. <laughs> put this on the that map. lady in that, that lady. backyard in yeah. taylor michigan when i yep. went to buy the ultimate warrior wrestling buddy and i mm-hmm. found the tongue lasher he-man figure that's it that was i mean there's and there's like there's like steps along the way yeah, i'm i'm selling place. wrestling figures in my house and then i meet this lady and that opens the door i was like oh i'm gonna sell more than that and mm-hmm. then you do that and then there was one thing i'll say i don't know if i ever said this on the podcast like I, in my head, I always tell it to people like our buddy Justin when I met him and he wanted to start selling toys. Yeah. And I was like, there will be times when you'll like get an opportunity to like level up. Something will happen and you got to take it and go for it. And this was, um, I don't even know what year it was, years into selling toys. I end up, I respond to like a Craigslist posting about a guy trying to sell toys in Wyandotte. And I go to this house in Wyandotte and this guy, um, a guy passed away. And this dude was in charge of the house and he had to sell all the contents of the house in like a day. Damn. He's like, they're coming tomorrow to demolish this house or something. Right. And I go there thinking I'm going to buy like a couple things, like a couple toys. And I get there because the guy's like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of people here and you'll just have to figure out what you want. Okay, cool. I get there. I'm the only person. No one else showed up, just me. So it went from I'm buying a couple things to the guy's like, I want you to take every, go through this house, go in every room in this house, go in the basement, find every single toy that you want and buy all of it. And I'm like, holy crap. Oh, okay. But in my head, I'm like, I don't have enough money for this. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like on my phone, like figuring out how much money I have at the time. And I'm like, I come up with like, this is how much money I tell. I'm like, I have this much money. He's like, okay, go ahead. Damn. So, so <laughs> I spent hours basement. I find every single toy in this dude's house. I load up my van. I go home. I come back. I did it three times. Dang. And I lived on that stuff for a good six months. And I learned a lot. I bet it was stuff I never had before. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that. a lot, but it was like steps like that. Like that carried me to the next level. That's what it is. And then, yeah, back to Melanie again, when COVID happens and I'm at home, she's like, get a store, do it. I'm like, what? Cause I'm like, not the kind of guy to like, I need someone to push me and she's mm-hmm. the one to right. do it always. Yeah. So yeah, thankfully she told me to do it and it's working out. Hell yeah, it is. But yeah, dude, it's just a lot of things. It ain't easy, but I, I'd much rather be doing this than working for someone else. Gotta because be passionate. That's what it when is. I have had jobs in the past, I'm the worst employee ever. <laughs> I'd work for Comcast and all I would do would be doing wrestling promoting for eight hours on a computer while half-assed talking to someone tech support because my brain is i'm just i'm always somewhere other than where i need to be Mm -hmm. i can relate yeah (laughs) no that's funny though because yeah my passion that i did know what i wanted to do out of school was sports broadcasting Mm -hmm. and uh school counselors they're great people they completely shot that down right steer you in a completely wrong direction crush your hopes and dreams and then you just end up doing which what is I awful do. because so, honestly you yeah. have a skill set that you could do it you know oh, I mean? yeah, they don't they don't know right yeah and I've They're, studied it and done you know yeah. as much as I can on my own but I still get this podcast helps out a lot 
wrestling opportunities have been a lot. So I've been able to say I can check that that mm-hmm. off the list of like something I was able to do. But yeah, no, that's, so it's funny. After that, I'm like, I have no idea what, same thing, relatable. No idea what I want to do with my I, life. You I know. know, and it's, I'm I don't know Kevin's if it's boat. the best parenting advice ever because I know you're always like, well, get your kid to, but like, Josephine was asking me something the other day about something and she's talking about, I forget what it was, but something more like maybe I'm supposed to steer in a direction like do this. And I'm like, you're a kid. You'll figure it yeah, out. You will. Like, yeah. You'll figure it out. Jo- yeah. Like yeah. you're nine years old. Like mm-hmm. we'll worry about that in three years. Just be fun, have fun and enjoy your life as a kid. I'm not pushing my kids to do any damn thing. Right. Exactly. My, my answer that my answer was like, I was 38 years old before I figured it out. Yeah. Right. You know what right. I mean? So it's, It'll all work it's out. Like, what do you want to do? And you just need people around you to support what to you want to do. To support you and just it. be okay just with it. Yeah, yeah. like and anyone can do anything, honestly. You mm-hmm. can make it happen. And, like, in, and in wrestling, I had this conversation last night. Like just, you know, a couple people who've had success in, mm-hmm. in wrestling and, um, you know, talking to them and they were like, you have no, like a little heart to heart. Like you have no idea how much it meant that you just supported. Like mm-hmm. my parents didn't support this. Nobody supported it. And just having someone to like, Give me that positive believe affirmation. In them, that it can that happen. Do it. Like, yeah, yeah just, it just meant so much to me. And I'm like, thank you. Like, no, mm-hmm. that's, and that's sometimes all it takes is just one person to believe in you. Absolutely. So, I'll, lesson learned here is just believe in people mm-hmm. and help yeah. push them to their dreams because if they're passionate about it, you can accomplish it for sure. Right. All right. Well, damn, Kevin, you got us deep. We got to. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, he had another. He had Let's another go question. from that to this. <laughs> another question: Who can bench more, He Man or Chong Lee from uh, Bloodsport? <laughs> I probably thought about this more than anyone should have. Yeah. But it's He-Man. He-Man. Absolutely. He-Man is going to beat Chong Li, but Chong Li does stand a chance against Prince Adam. What a chest on Chong Li. Amazing <laughs> pectorals on that guy. Big chest, big bench, but He-Man? It's He-Man. I know. At first, I had to ask Joe. I'm like, well, who's Chong Li from Bloodsport? But then when he said he's the big villain, I'm like, oh, I can literally... All I know about this guy is the picture I have in my head of what he looks like. And he's yeah. one jacked brother. He's a, he's but, jacked. but come on. It's He-Man. If it's someone else, maybe. But it's clearly it's He-Man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. By the power of Grayskull, baby. Right. All right, we did it, guys. We got through it all. I feel we like I just talked for 14 time. minutes thanks straight. For, but we did Thanks it. for uh, listening and staying with us this whole time. And we will be back next week with a new episode. And we'll tell you more about that here in just a minute. All right, guys, we're back. Next week, we are closing the chapter. It's the first book that's ever being closed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. On the Time Blaster Toycast. We've seen it all the way through. It's uh, the foundation of the pod, baby. Yeah. WWF Hasbros. We started episode one with series one. And next week is the episode, do we know the number offhand? Is it 90-ish? something. It's the final two series, series 10 and 11 of WWF Hasbros. We'll close the chapter on them and... I can't wait, guys. I might shed a tear next week, though, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bittersweet, right? Yeah. The fact yeah. that we started this podcast and had no idea. What the hell we, would, we were doing. And even if we would get five episodes done, if it was a one-time thing, we recorded and we were done. And then we did a Nintendo episode that made us just question everything <laughs> about what we were doing. And uh, and then we uh, able to do every series of Hasbro is it's awesome. I read this thing. I know where this is like literally the closing of the show, but I'm just going to keep talking. I read this thing this week where there's a subreddit on podcasting where people that create podcasts talk and I always just read it. It's a lot of tech stuff. You'd probably like it, Joe, but someone asked something about starting a podcast and somewhere in the comments, someone's like, 
your worst episode will be episode two. And then they wrote like this 20 paragraph thing about why it's episode. It's like episode one, you are going to prep for it. You're going to be ready for it. You, and then, but episode two, you will just go in and you won't be fully prepared. The show won't have its fuel yet. You won't have anything set in stone. Yeah. And then by three and four, you'll get your rhythm and things will go good. And he's like, I guarantee episode two is your worst yeah. episode. Every podcast, episode two is the worst episode. And I'm reading, I'm like, oh my God, He's that's right. so true. About, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's 100% about. Sophomore slump for our, you yeah. Know, yeah. everything. That's what it is. Number two is always tough. So yeah, guys, don't go back and listen to episode two. <laughs> listen to all the other ones. All right, we'll, we'll see everyone next week. Welcome to the Toy Cast. Toy Cast. You up the super soakers for the time blast. Time blast. Make your tail spin from the launch pad. Launch pad. It's the time blast. Time of the Toy Cast. We know the facts well, straight out the half shell. Bringing that TGRI in the landfill. Yeah. Three Caballeros on the move, no duck bill. Cause they're the right brothers to take flight. It's so real. Every time last guaranteed to cover that. Be kind of rewind like Blockbuster back. Got reviews, have you looking for the red flag and bigger noses than Mark Summers? The show hand, so get your notepad. We talking about collectibles. Compare it to the seal, know the value is exceptional. Uh, As it can be from TV to the VHS, yeah. Power Rangers, Star Wars, yeah. He-Man, Playsets, yeah. Transformers, G.I. Yeah. Joe with Destro, yeah. Light Bryce with the glow, power from Nintendo. Nintendo. So many toys you will never know. Never know. Welcome to Toy Cast. Here we go. This episode of the Time Blaster Toycast was produced and hosted by Dave Harbison, Joe D'Alessandro, and me, Keith Libra. We record live to tape from my shop, Time Blaster Toys, in Westland, Michigan. This episode was mixed and edited by Joe. Our theme song is by our pal, the talented Mark Cooper. Follow us on Instagram, at Time Blaster Toys, and YouTube, at Time Blaster Toycast. If you have a question, comment, or idea for our show, you can contact us via the Time Blaster Toy Line at 734-494-2292 or via email at timeblastertoys at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see everyone next week.